everyone, and welcome to I Am Not Okay with Day. I am your host, Day. How are you guys doing today? Full transparency, y'all, I'm not doing well. (laughs) It's not a good day. It's not. And I actually contemplated if I should even record this right now. But I feel like it might defeat the purpose, and I feel like I kind of need to talk things through. So that's why I'm going through with this. Hopefully it's not a complete disaster, (laughs) but let's see where we go from here. Let's just dive right in. This is the perfect time to talk about something that made me feel some type of way. So I've not been having a good couple dates. You know what? (laughs) I saw this post on the internet the other day and it was a calendar and on the calendar every day had like crying (laughs) Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the whole month just crying. This is basically my reality. You know, I feel like I'm in a space of... I feel like I'm in a space of just sadness and depression is my default. And some days are harder than others. But yeah, I'm in this weird space of like just constantly sad and constantly down and so when I say like I've been having a hard couple of days, like I'm always having a hard couple of days, TBH, okay? I look forward to the time when I can say, no, I've been doing good. But I can't really say that and be truthful right now. So yeah, it's been rough. Yesterday in particular, I was studying for my exam. So I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, episodes ago, that I'm actually, since I relocated, I'm working on getting my social work license in the state in which I'm living in. Um, Backstory, I was living in, in another state and I was about... I would say like 70% done with my requirements there to get my license, my clinical social work license, which if you're not familiar with social work, it's the highest level licensure. And so I had about six months of supervision left and I was planning on doing my exam and getting all the, and I had to do a couple courses in that six month period. And so I made the plans. Actually, I even purchased the courses. I had to do two or three courses, like one day courses, and I purchased it like the week before everything just went to hell, basically. And I never got to follow through with it because I left. Anyway, I was on my way, you guys. I was so close to finishing my license or my requirements for the license in that state that I was living in. And I would then get not only the highest licensure, but it would obviously open up more opportunities for me. I mean, I was really in a space of advancement. I was on my way there. My job was tough, but it wasn't uh, going to be my forever. Anyway, so 
I relocated and so the rules are different. I am honestly still uncertain if I can transfer my supervision hours that I accumulated while I was living in the other state because when I contacted the board of this state, they were not giving me a straightforward answer. They said I need to apply for the licensed master social worker license first in order to work for the licensed clinical social work license. Now, what that means is instead of being able to get the highest level, I now have to work on getting the, like, we'll just call it the intermediate level before I get to the advanced. And in order for me to even get there, I have to prepare for this test. I have to study for this exam. Once I pass it, then I'm going to get that license. The frustrating part of it is the test is really hard. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. It's really hard, number one. (laughs) It's very, very difficult to prepare for this kind of test because it's kind of like the SATs, ACTs, depending on where you're living. The questions are like trick questions. They ask, what is the best answer? So all the answers or the options are basically correct or you would do, they're all this, they're all correct. It's just like, which one is the most correct? You know what I mean? It's very frustrating. So there's that. I hate it. (laughs) I can, you guys can probably still hear just my frustration. And honestly, okay, since I've been here, I've been in these stages of like, okay, today I'm going to study for the test. But then I open up the book and I'm like, what am I even doing? What am I doing? I don't know. And honestly, y'all, I just feel so overwhelmed. Yesterday, I, so what I've decided to do is I have a prep book and I've been watching some videos slash doing some courses with this one man online And so I've decided that I want to go through the prep book completely and study all the things that are in there. And then, um, and then, you know, along with the courses with this guy, I've set up a timeline in my head as to when I think I'll be ready to take the test. But I'm finding that's probably not going to happen. Probably, I can't even speak. It's not going to happen because yesterday I was on page 60 of the book and you would think, hey, page 60, awesome. This is, this is positive. We're moving ahead. No, there are so many pages. Okay. I was like, okay, 100, 200, um, 250. Okay. It was just a lot of pages. A, B, so much information you guys I'm flipping through the pages and I'm looking at all the things that I need to memorize and I'm like oh my goodness there is no way there is no way that I'm going to be able to study all of this memorize or have all this information in my head it's so much information Not to mention, there is a great chance that I can prepare for this test. Even if I memorize all the things, I could still go into the test and fail it. 
And y'all, <laughs> yeah, that yesterday, all of those things had me feeling some type of way. I was really frustrated and angry and I was mostly upset. I felt defeated. You know, I'm looking at the book and I'm like, ugh. And then you guys, I did this class. So the same guy I mentioned, he has like study groups online on YouTube. I was watching one of the study groups and people on there are having very similar complaints like I am, very similar frustrations and anxiety about the test. And one person in particular said the exact same thing that I was worrying about. And I was like, yes, what do you have to say about this guy? <laughs> and the guy is like, yeah, you're right. I, it's hard and there is a chance that you're not going to pass and, you know, you can take the test and you could fail. And the test, you're never going to know everything. Like, you're just not going to know all the stuff. You're absolutely correct. And it was like, it was validating, but also very depressing. I was simultaneously feeling validated and also depressed. I was like, well, this is great to know that other people are suffering, but also, wow, what is the solution? Like, give me the answer, honey. Give me the answer and let me go on my way. And it just, it had me in all my feelings, you know? And the thing about it is, I think I feel so much more frustrated because everything right now feels like a setback. Like, especially as I think about where I was before, when I was married, when I was living in my house, when I had my job, and when I was working on my career and advancing myself, it was like, I was so close. I was so close. And in the blink of an eye, everything changed. All of that changed. And now I feel like I'm starting from scratch. And I'm almost starting from the bottom again, because as I explained, I have to get now the basic license before I could even get the clinical. Not to mention when I eventually get the basic and I now want to get the clinical that's another exam I'm gonna have to take and so I was just feeling all all the ways (laughs) okay I was I wasn't happy I felt like tearing my hair out and crying and you know what I did eventually break down And that bled into today, more breaking down. (laughs) This is our default at this point, what can we say? But yeah, I'm over it. Any fellow social workers or any other person who has to do tests for license or certifications or anything, y'all know the deal. Um, We're in it together. I wish I had more encouraging words. I don't right now. We're in it together. I will definitely keep you guys updated as I go through my whole study process. And hopefully in a few months, I'll have good news to report that I passed the test. 
My mom says I need to not go in there with the mindset that is so hard and so intimidating because that is going to make it seem impossible for me and it's not helpful. It's not a helpful way of thinking. And she's right and I know and it's just one of those things that it's like, yeah, logically I know this, but also emotionally I feel this way and it's very hard to then say but you know what it's okay you know what I mean I it's just hard so there it is y'all and that is actually a perfect segue into the topic at hand today which is starting over starting over you know I was just talking to my friend today and she mentioned to me you know we do this thing where we randomly compliment each other or you know we just express our appreciation and so she said to me I really wanted to let you know that I think you're so resilient you have constantly been faced with hard things and you get back up and you do this I mean you've gone through so many changes in your life just with moving around but you always find a way to get through it you always get back up, you always move forward. And hearing her say this was difficult for me because I really wasn't feeling it. I really didn't feel resilient. I haven't been feeling resilient in a long time. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, you know what, that's true. And the more I started to think about that, the more I was reflecting on my life and the fact that I have had to start over so many times. So quick history, I grew up in Jamaica and I moved when I was eight, seven, seven. We went to England because my dad was doing school there. So we lived there for a year. We moved back to Jamaica when I was eight. Then when I turned 11, we moved to Canada, lived there for a minute. Then when I turned 16, we moved to America. And we've been here in the state that I've been living in. But of course I went to college, then I moved to a different state for grad school, then I moved to a different state after I got married because my ex was going to another grad school. Then we relocated to another state to um, for his job. And um, oh yeah, in the mix there, I went to Argentina for a year when I was in college. You guys, hopefully you heard the episode with me and my friend Lisa. We both met in Argentina. And so I've moved around a lot. And I've had to start over a lot, you guys. And at some point, moving becomes the norm. And so I think it doesn't have the... uh, or you don't recognize like how difficult it actually is because you just do it so much and you become used to it, you know? But it doesn't mean it's not hard. And I think 
I think a lot of people do that where they get used to something that is not normal or is not typical. I don't like the word normal. Something that is not typical or something that's even difficult and they feel like, okay, they can do this. But sometimes they forget this is actually a really, really hard thing that I'm doing. And it kind of goes back into what I was saying in a couple of podcasts ago about the resilience factor where it is resilience, but also you have to recognize how that thing actually affects you. You know, for me, I think I'm one of those people where I did move around a million different times. I just moved again because of the divorce. And so I've been used to the moving and, you know, I think an, I think an important thing to note here is too, that every time I moved, I knew what would happen in the end. Like I knew, okay, I'm moving here so I can do my master's and I'm moving here because this is where the X needs to be for school. And then we're going to move here because this is where we're going to settle down because this is where his job's going to be. You know, so you have a plan, you have some, you have a purpose, but when with this move, I have no idea what I'm doing. There is no plan. There was no plan. There is just I'm back because I was in an environment that was unhealthy for me and I need to be in an environment that's going to help me to heal and thrive, but I have no idea what the future is going to hold. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's hard. It's really, really hard. It's like with the divorce, that's a transition in and of itself. And then physically transitioning from a different place is another transition. And it it almost feels like just thing after thing after thing after thing after thing. There's like all the things are just happening at once. It just feels really overwhelming. And I think... Even in my past moves, I was always working towards my specific goal. But as I said, my plans that I had completely shifted. And so it's like, uh, <laughs> I, in some ways, I feel like I don't even have a plan anymore. I'm almost even afraid to make plans because it's like, well, what's going to happen if I make this other, this other plan now, you know? And so moving back is extra difficult. Here's the other thing. I'm coming back to the place where it all began. I'm coming back to a place where everywhere I go, there's a memory of him there. There's a memory of us there. You know, I'm back to a place where everyone who knows me here knows me as half of something else. Where if I see anyone in the street they're going to say, how is so-and-so? What are you guys doing now? You know, and I mean, honestly, <laughs> the one 
good thing COVID has done for me is given me great reasons to stay in my house and not have to see people. Because let me tell you, when I first came back, I was like, uh, no one's going to know I'm here. I'm staying in this house forever. I will never leave. Thankfully, I live with my parents. They can go up there and buy food so I don't have to starve. But like, I'm not getting out of this house. I don't even want to get out of my room. Like, no one's going to see me in these streets. I'm also in a place where everybody knows everyone. It's almost impossible to go somewhere and not see somebody that you know. And literally, actually, this happened. I have a few friends that live here. And when I first came down, we all went to the park with my parents and my friends. And we saw some people, of course, that know me, you know, from school. And they asked, oh, what are you guys doing? You know, you're, you're back, you know. It's just, you're, you're already dealing with all of things. Here's just some more things that you have to deal with, you know, and it was real rough. I mean, I'm at a place right now where I've announced that I got divorced to <laughs> a lot of people, some who I don't even know on the podcast. So we're past the point of feeling embarrassed. It is what it is at this point. So I don't really feel any ways if I see anybody in the street that I know to be like, oh, yeah, no, this is not a thing anymore. But the memories, you know, the reminders, and not to mention my ex-in-laws are still here, so there is a chance of bumping on into them at some point, you know. It's a lot of things that I quite frankly don't want to have to deal with and I wish I never had to deal with and it makes a transition so hard. Moving in with my parents you know, I love my parents to death. They are so amazing. They have been so supportive. They have been just the greatest in this entire process. And I'm truly, truly grateful for the opportunity to live here. I don't have to pay rent. Like I'm saving a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money. So there's that. <laughs> but I'm able to not be homeless because of them. They are so great you know, and honestly, they're living with them is not difficult at all. Like, they're not overbearing. They give in my space. They don't, they don't like push me to do things I don't want to do. They don't, you know, they're not overbearing. But it's just within myself, you know, the feeling of I'm regressing. I'm going back. I'm 28. Now I'm living with my parents, you know, this feeling of losing my independence, which is not true. It's not true. We're going to come back to that. But it's just like, you know, I feel like I'm a kid again. And that's not true. But I feel like I've lost my independence. I'm just I can't even take care of myself, you know, th those are the things that I, I go through on a daily basis, you know, I want to do this and that and I can't because I don't have money because I don't have a job because of all this and I go in between feeling angry, sad, frustrated, anxious, all the things, you know, and 
There are so many parts of starting over that nobody talks about. So many different types of transitions. It's tough. And I said to my therapist when I first came, when I first started, it's like, I feel like I'm navigating something. I have no clue how to navigate. I don't even know how to process that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know how to be, you know? In the past, whereas I moved, for example, I knew how to deal with that, but I don't know how to move because I got divorced. I don't know how to move back in with my parents because I got divorced. I don't know how to do any of this. It's just uncharted territory for me, I feel like. And I don't have the answer. And then it doesn't help when, you know, you're on social media and you're seeing your peers and people you grew up with advance in their careers and in their lives and you do the thing that you shouldn't do. You start comparing yourself and you're like, wow, look at where I'm at and look at where they are what a failure I am, you know, I be feeling that way so many times. You know, the other day I went down the rabbit hole too, y'all. It wasn't good. I, my mom actually told me, she mentioned it in passing in a conversation we had about one of our, someone that we know starting her own private practice for a therapy. And randomly I decide oh let me google this person (laughs) let me look up the practice see what's up and I did and I you know I went on the website and I was looking at it and I was like oh my gosh this is so amazing while immediately feeling like crap (laughs) because I was like man when am I gonna get there when am I gonna get to a place when that's me Like, look at me right now. Look at what I'm doing. I'm back. I don't need to say it all again. I've said it so many times, but like, what am I doing? You know? And I couldn't help but feel like this goal that I have in mind, it feels so impossible. You know? And I, I looked at this person and I thought... I thought to myself how easy it must have been. And I had to remind myself in the moment, like, no, first of all, you don't know what this person has gone through, the studying, the trials and challenges this person has had to go through to get to this place. In the same way that a lot of people don't know what you've had to deal with. So don't make this assumption, A, and B, just because this is not happening for you right now doesn't mean it will never happen, you know? And I really had to take a step back after I <laughs> went down the hole and was looking at this person. I had to take, take a step back and kind of center myself and say, okay, okay, let's come back to earth. Right now, here's what you're seeing. You're seeing someone that you know who has worked hard to get where they've where they've gotten and they now have something that they can be proud of. And 
their success is not a reflection of you. And their success doesn't mean that you have failed. You haven't failed anything. You've had to take a few steps back, but it's okay. I actually was reminded in that moment of what my friend said, which is the title of this podcast, Starting From Experience. So my friend, um, she's a friend from Canada. I'm going to have her on the podcast at some point because she's great. Anyway, she, we reconnected again. Another one of those things. That's been happening to me a lot lately too, you guys. I've reconnected with so many people in my life from all over the world. It's been amazing through this whole, not even through the podcast, just through, I think it's the Lord to be honest, but through social media, I have had a lot of people in my past reach out. She was one of them and she was telling me, I know this might feel like you're starting from scratch, but you're not. You're starting from experience because you're not the same person that you were back then. And you have so much more information now than you do, than you did then. And honestly, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying this with me always, especially in these moments when I feel like I am starting from scratch, like I'm so frustrated with just where I am in life right now. I'm trying to remind myself, no, you know what? You've gone through some difficult moments and here you are right now and yeah, you have to kind of start over. Um, You are taking a few steps back, but that doesn't mean that you're starting from nothing because you're not starting from the beginning. You know, when you start from scratch, you have to get every single, like when you're cooking, for example, from scratch, you have to get all the specific ingredients and you have to do every step first. There's not one part that's already completed for you, like when you cook something or bake something from the box or something and you only have to add a few more steps left. No, you have to do all the steps. I don't have to do that. I'm essentially baking from the box. I'm baking a cake from the box where they've already provided for me the powdered cake, whatever. I don't know what you, what do you call that? The powder? (laughs) That's already provided for me. I need to add the eggs and the oil and the water, pour it into the pan, bake it, boom. That's all I have to do. And so... And, and the beauty is the they that I'm referring to, it's me. I, with everything that I've gone through, all the experiences, the hard, the hard stuff that I still haven't even crossed over and dealt with yet, all of the trials, everything that has happened has been one ingredient that eventually turns into that powder, you know, and it leads me to here where all I have to do now is add the eggs and the oil and the water. Um, and it feels like I'm baking it from scratch because there is still work to be done. 
you know, but I'm not. And I have to remind myself, you know, you are growing so much from this experience. You are not the same person you were 10 years ago when you first entered into the relationship and you're not the the first the you're not the same person you were a year ago either and so you have so many more tools that you don't even realize to to be equipped to deal with all this stuff right now and even though it feels really difficult and impossible to deal with all this stuff right now it's not because you wake up every day thanks to the lord and you are still working on your goals and that's another thing i have to remind myself just because i'm not studying for the exam 24 hours a day doesn't mean i'm not working toward my career goals or my goals in general, you know? I think this is a problem with our society and productivity. You feel like you have to be doing a certain thing and if you're not doing either that certain thing or doing something at all hours of the day at all moments, then you're not doing anything at all. And that's just not the case. And one thing I have to remind myself of, my therapist reminded me of this, and it's something I'm trying to remind myself of daily, is that just because if one day you wake up and you don't do anything, if you feel too depressed to not do anything, you're still working toward your goal. You know, I'm reminding myself that I've gone through some trauma with the divorce and also with other things that allows me to feel sad and to feel like I don't have the energy today and if I decide that today I don't have the energy and I choose not to do anything, I choose not to push myself because ultimately pushing myself when I'm not emotionally and mentally capable is not going to actually help me be productive that is being productive that is keeping me moving forward to my goal because I'm allowing myself to heal by feeling whatever I'm feeling going through the motions letting myself go through whatever it is to ultimately maybe wake up tomorrow and have a little bit more motivation or energy or strength to do whatever you know I'm not I don't have to be busy constantly. Working on my mental health is me working toward my goals, professional and personal. It is, period. And I just have to constantly remember it's okay to take a break and it's okay to not feel like it today and not do it. And sometimes it's okay to not feel like it and do it too. Um... Ultimately, you have to take care of yourself, though, and you're not regressing because you're taking care of yourself and you're and even though even right now with this move and everything that I explained earlier, I'm not regressing. I'm not. I'm still working toward my goal. I have a part time job that's helping me work toward my financial goals um, and I have a I have time with this part-time job to study for my test and I have been studying, 
you know, and some days I have pushed myself too much, but some days I've pushed myself just right and that's fine. And we're still working toward our goal. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you guys that even if you feel like you're not working, you are. Because sometimes just waking up and getting out of bed is so hard for some that that's an accomplishment when you do that too. And pat yourself on the back when you make big strides like that because those are big strides. If you're suffering mentally, small things feel really big and they are big and celebrate those things. You know, if you took a shower today, celebrate that. Okay. If you ate today, celebrate. So I'm trying to remind myself of that, that I am making progress. Progress, not perfection. I'm doing something. So, you know, I also, I listened to Emmanuel Acho. He said this, which I love, and I'm going to now carry that on too. I heard this today, actually. He said, don't do nothing because you can't do everything. And for me, I felt like if I'm not studying however many hours a day and ready for this test in the next two months, then I'm not doing anything at all, you know? And that's not the case either. Not to mention, I felt like I can take care of my mental health while simultaneously still doing all the things. No, not realistic, not healthy, not helpful at all. And the idea of the, the, it's, it's, it's a fallacy that I'm not doing anything if I don't do every single thing or all the expectations I set up, up for myself. And I think a lot of us do that. We equate failure to not doing all the things while ignoring some of the things that we've done, you know, and I'm, I'm actively working on that. And I encourage you all to do the same because we're we're in this journey of progression and in progression sometimes that means some days are slow some days are not we we have to pace ourselves you know we're climbing mount everest but we're not going to be able to climb that mountain with the same energy all the way through we're going to get tired we're going to need to take a break take a rest maybe we'll have some energy after we take our break Maybe we'll need a couple different breaks. That's not the point. The point is we we do what we need to do until we get there, however long it takes us. So I really hope this was able to encourage someone today. And I don't know if this is audible or if you all can tell through my voice how... uh, (laughs) disheartened I feel but yeah it's been difficult but I'm I'm pushing through and I want to continue to push through and process these things openly to help myself and hopefully help somebody else
And I think this ties perfectly into what God taught me. I think I'm still learning this. I think it's more, it's less of what God taught me in a new sense and more of something that God is reiterating to me. And that is his timing is perfect and everything has its time. I actually just pulled it up in the Bible and I want to read a few verses for you. It's Ecclesiastes 3. I'll read verse 1 through 11. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. I just love that, you guys. It's so encouraging. I actually reread this verse many, many times, especially in the beginning of just this whole divorce journey. You know, I needed that reminder that, you know, there's a time for everything and everything has its place and everything is beautiful in its time. That right there is the most encouraging to me because even the trials and the tribulations and the things that are just terrible, there is beauty in those things. And maybe the beauty is not visible right now. Maybe it's something that becomes visible later on. Maybe we'll never know. Maybe we'll never know, but someone else might be able to experience that beauty too. You know, I really feel that way with just my journey that I'm on right now. There are many days when I don't feel the beauty and I don't feel great and I don't have an answer and I feel discouraged but I know that it's not for nothing, you know, and I, I'm still living my life with the faith and hope that God will continue to take care of me as he's been doing, you know, I've seen him work in my life in ways where he has showed me how perfect his timing is and he showed me that no if this happened at this time it would have been a mess so yes I am taking a step a few steps back and maybe I'm not maybe this is God showing me no you need this for something specific 
maybe I need this time for this podcast because I have the time now to share and I have this time to heal and maybe he's preparing me for something greater to come. I don't know, Uh, but I'm holding on to that and I encourage you all to do the same. So there you guys have it. That was our episode for this week. I really hope you guys could relate to it and it could encourage you. Um, And I just want to remind you all, we have our Facebook group, our private I Am Not Okay With Day podcast group that I want to have as a community for you all to share as well any kind of difficulties wins anything I want to create a safe space so if you want to join go ahead and join that's on the Facebook page follow me on Instagram I am not okay pod I'm on Twitter y'all I am not okay pod and Facebook of course I am not okay with day podcast and stay tuned for another episode coming next Tuesday thank you guys for hanging out listening to me And I really, really hope that you continue to be on the ride with me. Until next week, bye!